Marvelous, I know the only thing you love more than human peace on earth, delicious meal, and a good cold brew is some awesome NBA playoff and final games. And even though the scores haven't necessarily shown that, I think we've been treated to a very intriguing NBA Finals. An NBA Finals that is now tied two games apiece between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. And we've seen stars from both sides of this team either be in the headlines or have played awesome basketball. Now, Marvelous... Here on the Sports Cubicle, it's something we've all been asking for. It's just competitive playoff games. And besides the first two games in Milwaukee between the Bulls and the Bucks, it's been hard to get really emotionally invested outside of that Boston Nets series. So here we are finally in the, the main stage, and I think it's kind of delivered on so many different levels besides just the outcome of the final score. What have been your thoughts of the 2022 NBA Finals? Mm-hmm. I think that it's... Have been very interesting. It, it, Steph Curry puts the team on his shoulders and almost individually wills them to win. You know, you get some help from Thompson, admittedly, but uh, Boston looks to me to be a better team, shall we say. But Curry negates that by, I mean, it's almost like a layup when he shoots it from 30. <laughs> you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, it's like, like there's a magnet or something. The only thing that I don't like is it's the best two of three with two of the games left in San Francisco, but they have 15 hours in the area to go. <laughs> <laughs> five hours, five hours, five hours. I kind of prefer the two-three-two format that they had for years, because here when it gets to be a two of three at the end, it's almost ridiculous because they're in San Francisco tomorrow, and two days off in Boston Thursday for sure, and then if it's three-three, two more days off, <laughs> you know, for the for the game seven. So I, I find that to be a little much, but uh, yeah, I guess there's a reasoning. I mean, the two, you know, the two-two-one-one-one makes sense for the divisional you know play obviously because you know but this with the five hours across the country back and forth and back and forth uh seems seems unnecessary to me but uh that's what's going to be happening they're going to do it at least twice they're in san francisco now for for monday and then thursday for sure in boston and then uh possibly you know possibly a week from today would be game seven so uh, we'll see how it goes but i I like golden state to go up three two tomorrow and then uh, i expect the game seven honestly yeah. I think they'll each win at home and then a nice game seven a week from tonight. And, and, uh, and uh, it, I mean, again, it looks like Boston at times is dominant, particularly in the paint. And uh, they have, you know, size advantage, mm-hmm. it appears to me. And, uh, and they've been getting shooting. And even the Horford hit some threes, <laughs> which is surprising to me because that's not his specialty. And, uh, uh, you know, Tatum is doing what he does. But uh, the Golden State, particularly Curry, has uh, willed his team to victory uh, a couple times when they were, you know, down one nothing, down two one, and uh, now they have a chance to go up three two tomorrow. And I expect with the home crowd behind them that they will do so. You know, we talk about it in fighting how matchups and styles make fights. And I think this is what this series really is. You you mentioned the size discrepancy. The Boston Celtics are so much bigger than the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are so much quicker and their ball release and their uh, it's just a dynamic between these two ser- these two teams in this series that has really played itself out in every single one of these games. When Boston has it all rolling, Jason Tatum is playing defense and they they're hitting their shots. They're really tough to beat because they are a very complete team. 
Golden State is almost impossible to beat if Steph Curry and, and the Warriors are hitting their threes. And that's what makes this series so fascinating because it's two different ways of getting to the end game. But most importantly, these are two teams that were built within themselves. These were two teams that were built off of taking opportunities and flipping players, drafting the right guys, and putting the right system around each player. And I think game this game coming up, whoever takes this game five, it's going to be so important, especially if Golden State wins it. Because the way Golden State beats you is this avalanche of attack from the three-point line and just running up and down the court. And it's going to be tough for Boston, two straight games, traveling the country, to play top-notch defense, hit all their shots, and contain Steph Curry, who's having the best finals of his life. And that's saying something from a man who's been in the finals so many different mm -hmm. times. But if Boston <laughs> wins this, this game five, I, I mentioned this question to you last week on the Sports Cubicle, and I brought it to our amazing audience here on the Sports Cubicle on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. What would be the point where you jump off the ship for each one of these teams? I mentioned to you, if, it, if Boston goes up 3-1, are you done with Golden State? If Golden State goes up 3-1, are you done with Boston? This is game, I know it's easy to say because it's a three-game series now, but if Golden State wins game five, I find it really hard for Boston to win two straight games without Golden State playing one of their better games in one of those two. I think that's the fascinating mm -hmm. thing about this is if Golden State wins game five, I think the series is over. But if Boston does, I don't think that you could just give them the NBA Finals Larry O'Brien trophy. What do you think about that, like jumping off the ship? Yeah. Are we at that point now? Yeah, well, see, that's the way it is. In many of these games, Boston has a tremendous lead. Mm -hmm. They get off to a quick start and double-digit even up to 20 or more point leads. And it, and, and it doesn't seem like it's a sure thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... and uh, it, you know, and that would be the sort of a feeling if they're three-two. It's not a sure thing, because um, uh, Golden State's so explosive, and they, like you say, they move the ball so well. And the and and they and they when they're half from three points, I mean, if they don't make their three-point shots, it's history. You know, yeah. Curry somehow is off his game. It's history for them because they're not going to compete down low. No way. So if Boston, I'm sure Boston's going to try to use whatever strength they have, exploit the other team's weakness and uh, and do what they can. But um, I just, just seems like this is Golden State's year to me. I just have that feeling. I picked Boston when before the playoffs started because mm -hmm. they were the hottest team in the Eastern Conference. They're one of the hottest teams after the All-Star break. This is such a pivotal Game 5, one of the most pivotal Game 5s we've seen in the finals. And again, that's saying something for how important Game 5s are to mm -hmm. any series. I think Boston still wins this, but it all comes down to Monday night. Mm -hmm. If Boston finds a way to steal Monday night, then I think they, mm -hmm. they're playing with house money because now the Golden State Warriors have, as, as dumb as it is, and we mention this every time we talk about this finals, mm -hmm. that this dynasty and Steph Curry are going to get negative points if they lose this series. So being down sure. with a, a, after game five, it's going to be fascinating to see what Draymond Green does. How does Jordan Poole mm -hmm. re, uh, react? What mm -hmm. about Andrew Wiggins? How does Steve Kerr coach this team? Because I think Boston, mm -hmm. say what you will, they don't mind getting dirty. Yeah. They don't mind things getting a little, you know, backs behind the wall kind of thing. So I'm fascinated right. to see that. The marvelous one, I'll put your feet yeah. to the fire on this one. Knowing game five is on mm -hmm. Monday, maybe by the time we're back here on the Sports Cubicle next week, we might be on a game seven. But if sure. you had to put the mortgage on the line, we're in Vegas, the mortgage <laughs> is on the line, who walks away with the NBA Finals in this now best of three? <laughs> well, I, like I said before, I, I just feel it's Golden State's year, and 
it, it, because of the fact anytime they fall behind, it, it, it's not over. But if Boston were to fall behind in a game, it, mm. it, it, I think that it's over. You know, that's just the way it looks to me. Sure. The feel of it, you know, it's the way the tempo goes and everything. So the way it is now, being totally even. I mean, under the old format, it would be a whole different story if they were playing Game Five in Boston. Mm. Would, you know, mm. I'd have a different feeling. But but the, with, with going back and forth and back and forth. And with Golden State having the two games left out of the three, I just I just feel like they're gonna, you know, even, uh, Poole could get hot. He he did got he did a great job when Curry was out, and Wiggins actually is rebounding way above his size. So uh, you know, it's a uh, the possibility that Boston will win it because they're a very good team. But I again I just feel that it's it's Golden State's year somehow or another. Uh, yeah no and it would be again uh uh, the cherry on top of that legacy for them to win this title i'm gonna stick with boston just to keep things interesting but i think we both agree and i think the audience of the sports cubicle agrees here on wcpt just give us an interesting game five an even better game six and a legendary game seven and we will be extremely happy let us know your thoughts on twitter who wins the nba finals between the boston celtics and the golden state warriors and now best of three series we're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. Now, Marvelous One, you've been on location. You've been super busy. Even our doggo here yeah. is excited to talk to you about it. But I need to get uh-huh. your final thoughts about this one. Does Rudy Gobert end up as a Chicago Bull? And if he does, do the Bulls get any closer to the NBA Finals? Rudy Gobert or somebody like that who's a threat in the paint. I just hope that he doesn't go to a press conference and touch all everybody's microphones again. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was really how the NBA got shut down, if you recall. Yeah. Because he was the first case. But uh, yeah, somebody like Rudy Gobert, that would be a good a good sign. Although I, there are some other people out there that are free agents and we've looked at the names before. But Gobert would be a good acquisition. Um, he's not a, a, a big point producer. I, I'd like to see, honestly, a, a really good three point shooter. I mean, they, they should they should they have guys that are theoretically, but in practice they haven't really demonstrated tremendous three-point ability right so i think they need i think they need an outside threat and which would open up the inside you know a little bit because if you have that outside threat then they can't sag on the inside you know so i'd like to see a little bit of each go bear plus a, a three-point guy you know it would really uh, help the team and we still are wondering what's going to happen with levine you know right so that's another big 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 piece of the bulls puzzle so uh, it remains to be seen i don't know uh, you know right now we're mid-June coming up on and uh, uh, you know there really should be some moves in the near future don't you think <laughs> I would hope so and you know it's, I'm so glad you brought up the Zach thing it would be nice for a player like a Rudy Gobert and then to also bring in that three point shooter that we've been talking that perimeter player we've been mentioning forever getting a healthy Alex Caruso and this looking what you're going to do with Io or Kobe White like there's a lot of moves to be made but I think you bring up the one interesting a, a very interesting thing the one thing about Zach Levine I think you and I know this. We've talked about it here on the show, and people locally know this. The leaks aren't coming from the Chicago Bulls front office. So I think anything mm-hmm. of rumor, especially when it comes to Zach or like a major mm-hmm. free agent slash trade, you have to take with a grain of salt. Even if it makes a little sense, you know the leak isn't coming from the Advocate Center. So I think that's going to yeah. be really fascinating for us to learn over the next few years what is true, what isn't, and how can we put the dots and connect them. And I think right now we just don't know because they're this the same team that mm-hmm. did a crazy move by bringing in Nikola Vucevic. They brought in Alex yeah. Caruso. They brought in DeMar. Like, this is a team that thinks outside the box, is aggressive, but doesn't have any leaks. You got it. 
But with that, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun, marvelous one, and it's going to be interesting to see somebody like you with the coach's eye and the scouting eye, kind of keeping your eye to see what our tourist course Chauvis and Mark Eversley do. But more importantly, we want to know what you think. The great you. audience of the Sports <laughs> Cubicle, what AK and Mark Eversley are going to do. Let us know. We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. He's the marvelous one. He's the man, the myth, the legend from location. He's Dan Marver. <laughs> it's Devin Single. It's Paul Shavari. I'm Mike Mercado. You're tuning into the Sports Cubicle here on WCPT 820 AM.